Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, it's Nick Reese from Joyous Wolf, and you're listening to my favorite podcast with Jay Scott as the host, The Hook Rocks. hook rocks the ultimate rock community podcast welcome aboard welcome back thanks for listening always appreciate when you stop by uh we are part of the pantheon podcast network great network network of music related podcasts there's so many different genres that pantheon covers some of my friends who i've had on the show are bands or podcasts like decibel geek tom and zeus from the number one kiss podcast shout out loudcast Vinny Apice, Carmen Apice on the Hanging and Banging podcast, Martin Popoff, the Rock Historian, Mistress Carrie out in Boston, and of course, Mac overseas on the Ugly American Werewolf in London podcast. I'm your host, Jay Scott, and you can follow the Hook Rocks wherever you podcast. So whether it's Apple, Spotify, or Amazon, don't forget to set your app to automatic download so you get the latest episode right to your phone whenever it drops. Write us a review if you enjoy the episode. Tell us what you think. We've had some great episodes lately. We just had Joe Satriani on talking his new album. We have Mark Tremonti talking about his tribute to Frank Sinatra, which is a phenomenal album. That should be out Friday, I think. We're recording this on Tuesday, but this should be out, I think, this coming Friday on the uh, 27th. So check that out as well. We've had some great new music spotlights, which is what we really love to do. We've had on Georgia Thunderbolts. We've had on Bastet from the UK, Stone Broken from the UK. Chains Over Razors, great metal band from Chicago, and many others. We've done close to 150 or over 150 of those. So please go check those out. And don't forget to check out our live album review where we did the uh, Kiss Alive from 1975, the importance of that album on rock and roll and hard rock. And don't forget to check out our quarterly rankings of the top 10 albums we did January through March. We love talking new music. And uh, we'd love to give bands a platform. And uh, hopefully all my listeners out there, you've discovered one or two acts through us talking about it. And that's what it's really all about. We've got a, another great episode for you, as I always say. I always think our episodes are great. And I'm not lying, am I? They're always fantastic. Um, 
My next guest is part of a band that I believe over the last 10 years, there's no better live band. There's no better band. I've seen them probably about six or seven times. The first time I saw them, uh, I was sitting here on a Friday afternoon and my son was home and I knew they were playing in the uh, Chicago suburb and they were doing acoustic set, kind of like a very like living room type of atmosphere ambiance i'm like let's go see blackberry smoke everyone tells me they're awesome i'm gonna go see them so we got there and we saw the show i ended up going two nights later to i think it was belvedere rockford rick nielsen came on stage and did an acoustic version of i want you to want me and i've seen them every time they come to chicago whether it was with the record company at the house of blues whether it was with tedeschi trucks band in uh, aurora with shovels and rope and at Aurora last year, I saw them at this place called the Piazza. They are a fantastic live band. When you close your eyes, it is like listening to the album. And here we are. Let's welcome guitarist Paul Jackson to the show. What's going Hello. on? How are you doing, man? Thanks for that. I appreciate it. I tell you, you know, I know you know Crash Crafton. Yeah. Okay? And he was the one that like gave me the final nudge to go see you guys live. <laughs> and... um I, I I can't stop thanking them. It was just a fantastic show. It was that acoustic set? Ida May was your opener, who was absolutely phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, they're great. Yeah, and man, they're I remember great. just sitting there, and I closed my eyes. I'm like, man, this sounds too perfect. And there's no tracks. Everything is live. Yeah. And, you know, well, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, it's all live. <laughs> <laughs> and then I call my buddy up the next day. I'm like, dude, I Blackberry Smoke. They're awesome. They're playing up in Rockford, or I think it was Rockford or Belvedere. I can't remember. I'm like, you got to come with me. You got to come. I'm, I'm going up there again. So he went. He was blown away. And the rest is history, man. Just fantastic band, fantastic live band. They absolutely, you guys absolutely deliver all the time. Oh, thanks. Well, yeah. we, we've been at it for a little while. <laughs> yes, yes. But, you know, that's the thing, too. The way music is, is that you kind of, you know, discover bands that maybe have been around for a while. Yeah. That, you know, I've always heard of you guys, and I was a casual listener. But until I saw you live, that's when it was the game changer. It was like, oh, okay, cool. this, is, this, is, this band's the real deal. Um, the music's great. Every album is fantastic. Uh, yeah. And I just, every time you guys come to Chicago, I always got to go. That's cool. I love Chicago. I do. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to heading back that way. I'm not sure when, but I know we're gonna. Well, that was my issue. That's why we're doing the episode. Cause I wanted to yell at you like, dude, we're yeah. Chicago dates. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the same way when I get dates. I'm like, when, I'm getting, when we get the dates, I'm pretty much like, where's this day? When are we going back there? You know, because yeah. it's yeah. a lot of cool places to, to go and get to see a lot of friends we hadn't seen in a while. Because sometimes we, you know, the way tours are, they get booked and you miss a certain area. And then you go do another tour and you miss the same area. And you're like, what's happening here? But, yeah. you know, the politics of it and how things are working and ran and routing, it's just that's out of my hands at this point. And it's just, you know. Yeah, no, it's, it's, um, who's the one band that, uh, oh yeah, Goodbye June. I, you know, I always joke with, uh, Tyler Baker and I say, I go, I'll text him every once in a while. I go, Hey, you know what today is? He's like, what? I go one day closer to you ever playing Chicago, so don't know <laughs> when playing, but it's one day closer. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. I like that. That's awesome. <laughs> so we got lots to get into, but before we begin, we always start the same way every time we have a first time guest on the show. And that's really what our podcast is all about. Just like every rock song has a hook that pulls you in, 
every rock fan has a moment, whether it's a song, an album, a band or performance that hooked them on rock and roll. What was it for you? Uh, rock and roll. Um, I know this is going to date me, but yeah, Chuck Berry, my dad, let me listen to, I can tell you a real quick story. Okay. What it was is I was, my mom had bought me the, um, uh, remember that chipmunk punk record back in the, this is back in the seventies or whatever. I think. It was. Yeah, I remember, yeah. I was, I'm born in 75. So I'm a little, okay. Well, anyway, I was listening to that and I came home and my dad goes, you want to listen to something really cool? Like that kind of thing. And I said, yeah, he put on Chuck Berry and I was like, that was it, you know? Yeah. But that, that started me on to that, you know, rock, you know, pretty much. I remember my first exposure to Chuck Berry was in the beginning, I think it was cable, you know? Um, right. And they had the hail, hail rock and roll. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah. That yeah. was the first time I had heard Chuck Berry and I was like, wow, this, this guy's got it. You know, he's just fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I, I was blown, I was blown away. And then right after that, you know, there were new music started coming in really heavy into my life, you know, and then I, I listened to what that credence, you know, mainly what my parents listened to. Cause I, I was too young to buy records. You know? right. And then, you know, my mom with, with the beach boys and I grew up down in, uh, Pensacola, Florida on the beach. So I was always listening to the beach boys after all that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, just, well, I mean, both Credence and the beach boys yeah. influence so many bands too. I mean, yeah. beach boys, I mean, you know, every time you hear a band do a four part or five part harmony, Ugh. you know, I mean, that's, that's the beach boys right there. They were the first ones to really do it. I mean, just it's listening to, to it today. It still sounds new to me because mm-hmm. there's just so many things are just like, you know, parts and, you know, I could focus, you know, I do a lot of singing, so I'm, I could focus on one harmony, then go back and listen to it a week later and focus on a different harmony in the same song. It just floors me every time, you know, yeah. still. CCR was, was impactful in my life too, because I went out and lived in California after high school and I was, you know, I was an eighties rock guy, you know, yeah, yeah. listening to all that. And I remember traveling down to the desert with my uncle and he popped in the, the CCR greatest hits uh, cassette. Yeah. And for like two hours back and forth, I just listened to CCR and finally, like, hey, who are these guys? These guys are really good. He's like, you don't know who these are. I'm like, no, it's Creedence Clearwater Revival. And man, that was a huge moment for me too. Man, before, before my uh, dad passed away, in uh, 1983, I was all, you know, I was in the truck with him most of the time riding around, you know, from the fire department and back. And um, it, it was always that one, the CCR greatest hits and Rod Stewart's Tonight I'm Yours. Okay. All right. And just constantly, you know, Great side stuff. one, side two, then put the other one in, side one, side two. Just, it was awesome. <laughs> Where did it go from, from there for you in terms of wanting to get on stage, you know, playing a well, band? Well, after that, I, I was, you know, um, pretty big in baseball when I was a kid. And then after dad had passed, I, he was my coach. So I didn't want to, I didn't want to play ball anymore. So it took about a year or two and got into computers, you know, the Commodore 64, all those old stuff yeah. <laughs> and the 128. And then my mom was worried about me cause I was sitting in my room all the time on the computer. So she comes in and they had just built a brand new civic center in Pensacola. And a lot of acts were coming, you know, like rat and Molly crew and kiss and all that stuff. This is, this is an 85, I think it was. 
she comes in with a newspaper and says, I want to get you out of the house. I want to go see one of these concerts. And I said, sure, those guys. Because I heard of Motley Crue before. And in 1985, March, I think it was March 15, 1985, that was it for me. That was the Theater of Pain tour, wasn't it? Yep, yep. Autograph opened for him. And after that, my mom, we were walking out. And this this girl in a mini skirt with high heels and these black stockings, bro, she, I was staring at her. My mom goes, so what do you want for your birthday? I said, guitar. And she goes, figured as much. <laughs> That's so true because when I was going to shows, I was sneaking to shows at 10, 11, 12 years old. Yeah. And like, I didn't know whether to look at the stage or look at all the boobs that were out yeah. of the crowd, you know, like with the silicone and everything, because it was everywhere back then, you know, and I'm a kid, you know, just starting puberty going, I like the music, but I like that. I like the music, but I like that. <laughs> right. It, it was, you know, I'd, I'd been to shows before with my, um, with my dad and the fire department would go and like barbecue at some of these outdoor events and it's all local band stuff. So I never, the, the boobs part, I, they didn't do all that there. You know, it was just people <laughs> listening to music, having a good time. And then when I went to the concert and I think Vince Neil, let me see some titties or something. I turned around and I couldn't believe what I saw. That was, yeah. So I was like, this happens at concerts. So, no, no yeah. It, it, yeah, that was, that was an education in itself. We used to, we used to have this place. Well, it's still there. It's the Aragon ballroom in Chicago. And, oh, right. Right. And I, and it used, it used to be called the Aragon brawl room. Because it was always huge fights at all the shows. And I remember, gosh, I think it was like 11 or 12. I went and I took the subway down with my friends because we were a sleepover. Wow. Then, you know, I mean, the sh- subway in Chicago. Was, at 11 and 12 years old? That's yeah. <laughs> and we got down to see, we went and saw Ace Freely with, with Y&T. And, oh, no, really? That's awesome. And, yeah. And uh, Faster Pussycat. So... <laughs> So we get down there. It's a Friday night, and we're we all of us went to Catholic school. So we walk in, and you know we got like you know we don't we don't look like we just look at kids that went to Catholic school, you know. Right, right. And there's the haze of smoke, you know, above the crowd. There's you know women dressed you know scantily clad. There's guys passing marijuana joints over our shoulder, you know. <laughs> and then we, the, the concert was great. But what was awesome about that is that on Monday when we returned to school. We had the whole like recess surrounding us, and we were telling the story of the show. It was like we went to a foreign planet. We went to like, yeah. another planet in a spaceship, and they yeah. wanted to hear what it was like. It was, it was man, concert. It was just so, so. I don't know how to explain it. I tell my my son, he's eighteen, and he's into all that kind of music. And I tell him the stories. Me and my wife, um, we went to middle school and high school together. She's been to the same concerts I have growing up. We just tell him, and he, they're just like even my. Uh, 12 year old he goes I wish I could have grown up back in the 80s and early 90s I was like I wish you could have too yeah my son says the same thing he always you know because he struggles with his friends because he's you know he likes rock and roll he's liked rock and roll since I took him to his first concert which, which was Butch Walker when he was oh nice I and, love uh, we, we drove down to Kentucky at the Southgate house over oh. on the border of Cincinnati and he went there and he Ever since then, he's been on, he, he loves rock music. And as he's gotten older, there's been more and more of his friends that like it. But, you know, when he sees the old footage and everything, he's, he says the same thing. You know, I don't, I don't know if it is, but I like to think that it is this for me with the kids. Well, my kids anyway, and maybe yours too. I'm not sure. But um, the organic instruments, I think they find it fascinating. 
that, you know, I just brought that up. I brought that up a few times on the show, and I just brought that up to Eddie Trunk because he was on a few episodes ago. And yeah. you know, I asked him. I go, "Hey, have you, did you ever take music appreciation in school?" No, he I didn't. didn't, but I did. You know, I went to Catholic school, and every year we had once a week we had music appreciation, and whether it was a trumpet, whether it was a saxophone, whatever it was, you learned about the instruments, yeah, and you learned how how difficult it is and, to master them, yeah, and, and, and what it meant, that, yeah, yeah. And, and I think that plays into a lot of kids don't understand the dynamic of learning a real instrument and not just, you know, doing the beats on your Mac yeah. on your Mac. Yeah. And I, and I think that is the reason why when you hear rock music, that's live, it's not tracked. They, 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 they don't know how to handle it. Yeah. It's it. Yeah. Tempo to me is I grew up with a drummer. My brother is a drummer. I, tempo to me is everything. So at any time my kids are listening to music, I'm always like tempo. Pay attention to the tempo because mm-hmm. that'll get you from A to B, and, you know, instead of lollygagging through through things. You know, it's it's just important to me, I guess. So I try to, you know, express that to them. Yeah, you know, no. but you're right. Instruments, instruments are definitely. I think that's that's what it is. I think that they're it. You know, blows their minds a little bit because. Yeah, I think so too. Because everything we're, we're in the digital age, right? Yeah. So everything is digital. Everything is easy to to get, whether you're looking for a beat, whether a type of sound or whatever. And you even see it now where, you know, you hear comments on social media. People are young that are younger go to shows and they're like, well, it didn't sound like the album. I was expecting it to sound like the album. Right. And they don't understand like, yeah, you have bands that like in Blackberry Smoke is very close to that album. But there is a sense of that that wonder and that and that expressiveness with live music that you can't get on an album, right? Um, and and to me, that's always been you know the album's always been the gateway to seeing the live performance. Exactly, totally, yeah. yeah. So, totally. so when you think you know that Motley Crue concert, all that stuff, and and learning guitar, you know, when did it become really serious for you in terms of what? You know, getting moving forward into the music industry? Well, I, I mean, I, I'm just the, the type of person that I am. Um, I can honestly say as, as soon as I got a guitar, that guitar in my hand, I, I just knew what, I, and I'm not saying that because I do what I do now. I could, uh, you can ask my mother this. She's like, I lost you. You were, you were just that way and wanted to do that since you were 15 years old or 14, I can't remember actually what year it was. I got the guitar, but I think, if I, man, I think it may be 15, but um, I was completely utterly focused at that. And everything else to me went out the window, which, you know, with schooling and kind of thing was kind of a drag for her, but I just was so, that's all I could think about, you know? Yeah. And I, it's just, you know, now my 18 year old, he's that way. You know, and it frustrates me. I'm like, you're graduating. As a matter of fact, he's graduating tomorrow. <laughs> but that, I think it was like a maybe let's, let's say to be safe a year after that show, because it, we were focused. My brother was a drummer. I was a guitar player. We had a bass player and we had a singer and we just went for it. And and just that's all we did in Pensacola. I mean, did you settle in on your sound over the over the years? Um. I, you know, I, I didn't, it might surprise a lot of people, but I didn't grow up listening to, to 
you know, I did listen to Skinner, but I wasn't, that's not all I listened to. You know, I, I listened to Almond Brothers, but that's not all I listened to. I mean, I, I'm literally a product of, you know, the late 70s, 78, you know, I, I can remember where I was standing when I heard um, Surrender for the first time. I know exactly, I could take you back to that spot in Pensacola where I was. You know, it just, the, the so me just having one particular sound, I kind of did a lot of it. You know, we learned every kind of song we could. So, but um, as far as this band going, just, I didn't really know. I just got up there and we just started going for it. If, that, if that's what you're asking, make sure I'm answering the question right. Well, your your sound in particular with the guitar, how did that evolve from that Motley Crue concert to the point oh, 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 you know, just, just digging in more on the history of uh, music and bands that I listen to now, you know, as I got older, I focused a lot more on um, the playing and the sound instead of just the songs that we were doing. I had to get them right. I had to learn the parts right. I was only guitar player trying to play two guitar parts at once. And it was, you know, but with, with the sound I have now, it's just, I found it was much easier to go from my guitar and the sound coming right out of my guitar head, you know, and with this band, it was a lot easier to do than what I was previously doing before I, Blackberry Smoke started. Um, I I have a few pedals I use in little bitty pieces of the song, but mainly it's just straight into the amps. If you're talking about that kind of sound, this yeah, is yeah. Sound. yeah, yeah, just that, just or, organically, bonk right into the amps, you know. Chasing tone, you know, can be an adventure for a lot of yeah. guitar players, you know, because you have that sound in your head that you're trying to find. Right. But for me, like, like I never really stuck with just, you know, I've been using a Marshall and a Vox together on the whole time. I don't, you know, use one amp, one song. When I use them together throughout the whole show. But before I was doing them, I was using Orange and then. I've never really used like Fender or Mesa Boogie or stuff like that. So I may eventually just try that for a tour. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I don't really stick to one because that's the fun of it all to me. I don't want to find just one thing and stay there. You know? Yeah. You know, well, you're, that's the evolution of the artist, yeah. right? You yeah. Know, just, I mean, you, you play, you guys do a good job of changing up your set, but you do have your standards to play every night. So you got Yeah, we have to. And, you got to find that juice of, of, of doing something different. Yeah. It's, you know, I've always said, Charlie does a good, um, a good job at doing the set list. We have to play, like you said, we have to play certain songs every night or we'll, you know, we'll get hung, (laughs) but which we don't mind. We like them, you know, Um, I don't, I don't have a favorite. I like them all. I do. I honestly do. I like all the songs we do, Um, but we'll throw in like, he'll write a set list for um, say Atlanta. For this year and then we'll come back next year he'll still have it and go no we, we're not playing this we don't want to play this because we already did it we'll put something new in there that w- you know or a different song so but yeah he does a good job at that so he keeps track of all that stuff my head would explode if i had to do all that well i, I have to say every show i've seen you it's been different yeah it's never been the same show which is really cool yeah, we tr- i would get i would honestly i wouldn't get bored but i'd be like all right you know, none of us are like that. We all want to, you know, and sometimes I'll go up to the stage and not look at the set list until I'm standing up there and go, oh, God, do I remember that? <laughs> yeah. 
So I immediately have to refresh my mind while I'm standing there. That's fun to me, but. You know, you mentioned that uh, comment about surrender. You knew exactly where you were when you heard that. I'm that way with records and and CDs or cassettes back in the day. I know exactly what record store I bought that album at. I know exactly, you know, what grade I was in and (laughs) how I spent. Because, you know, you only buy really one album at a time back then, right? Yeah. And you you always had like that list, like the next 10 albums I'm going to buy, you know? So true. Yeah. That is so true. And you tried to like, like adhere to your own list. And then you'd go to the record store and you'd have that list and you'd be thumbing through. I'm like, oh, but this one's really good. No, that one's really good. And then you'd like, you'd sit. And that's a lot of times why we would sit there for like two, three hours at a record store is because we were trying to make the decision yeah, the one album to bring home. You know? Yeah, you just like you like I got this much money, but <laughs> you know, I, but that was the fun part of it. Yes, yes, totally. <laughs> and then you, you know, know, it's like all these, dude, all these records. I got a, just a. I'm in my basement. Sorry, it's so echoey, but um, I have hundreds and hundreds of vinyl records over there. And like I told you, my son, he loves listening to me, and I go. I go, should I put these things in order? And he's he's like, no, I like to hunt for them. Part of it, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, That's oh, I know we got this. Is. Let's let's look for it. And you're crossing past something. Oh, I forgot I had this. Let's, let's jam out on this one. Yeah. That's 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 you know, great, and I just uh, that's a great thing. Yeah, he's you know, and then I just I cleaned out my my uh one of my storage units. I have four uh 27 gallon crates full of CDs. <laughs> Me too. I've between, between vinyl and CDs. I mean, I still have stuff in my parents' house in the yeah. um, I've got about probably three thousand total, dude. Right? CDs, you know, and stuff. I probably I've I've done it where I've bought the same thing again because I forgot that I had it. Right. Uh, totally. And then I'll be going through. I'm like, oh. I already got this. And I look at my son, you want this? He's like, yeah, sure. (laughs) You're like, man, I really need to write this down. But my (laughs) wife sees it and she's looking at it. And I'm like, don't say it. Don't say it. And she's like, you don't want to sell some of these? I'm like, don't say it. (laughs) Not selling any of this. (laughs) Yeah, no. But that was like the part of adventure. Like when you'd be thumbing through and you'd see like an Iron Maiden cover, you know, and that was captivating in itself, and yeah, and and just just that whole hunt, and then you had that list, and you're trying like, all right, what's one of these? I because when you're in school like that day, you're like, all right, I'm going to record store, I'm buying this album, but you, you rarely ever bought the one that you were planning on buying when you walked in. You know, <laughs> you rarely ever did because for whatever reason, something hit you, or maybe they were playing the tune, a tune off the album, off a different album in the record store. I'm like, man, that sounds really good. I'm like, hmm, yeah, I think I'll get that one. And you walk yeah. home. And, and then that album acted as a babysitter for like weeks on end because that's yeah. all you listen to for, for however long. So you got the next one. Yeah, you would burn it out, burn it out, keep playing yeah. it, keep playing it. Yeah. That, oh, man. I remember getting pulled over by the cops, skipping school to go get a cassette from yeah. the record store. That was my oh, uncle pulled me over, actually. But, um, yeah, that was those were that's the experience that young kids don't have today. Right, right. The, the anticipation, right? Right. And the experience of going there and then absorbing it. After yeah, and you, and you went to the record store or to it's and when I say records, I mean cassettes were there and CDs were yeah. there. But um 
you went there to see what was new also. Cause I mean, we didn't have, you know, the phone. Yeah. Enter to find out any of this. It was, you go look at a poster on the wall and go, I wonder what that sounds like, you know, and you'd ask somebody to put it on, they put it on. That's a new band. I'm checking it out. I'm digging it. So anyway. Yeah, no, it was, that was a, a great experience. 2022, um, you guys are coming off the You Hear Me Georgia release last year, which was a great album. Oh, thank you. You got the EP Stoned. Yeah. You got a new beer that you're putting out. Yes. I had some, by the way, and it's really good. So what is it? I, I, is it in well, it's, it's, it's It's a lager. It's okay. just like, you know, because our fans, you know, they, I don't, you know, think they go try and, you know, IPAs and all that stuff. We wanted something very light, you know, and that just wouldn't as more of a mass appeal. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So, because I I drink you know light beers myself, I have to. <laughs> My wife's making me do that, but um, you know, it's just it's just an easy beer to get down. You know, I mean, it's you know, I like all the other stuff too, but I really do enjoy this. I had a taste of two of them the other day and i was like uh yeah i'm gonna be getting some of this so and i'm I'm excited about it are you gonna be selling at the shows well it just depends on where they where they distribute them at okay you know what i'm saying like whatever state we're hoping that you know you know we're kind of trying to get them in some taco max down here i don't know if y'all have them where you're at um, the chain and um and they got a big beer selection we have one down the way from me here in noonan georgia I will be going to as soon as they get it on tap. <laughs> yeah, because Maiden, when you go see Iron Maiden live, they sell, they have a certain amount that they bring on every show. Yeah. And, and once they're out, they're out. But they're, they're out. out before the show. Um, it's a really cool experience to see everybody walking around with an Iron Maiden beer. It's, it's yeah, cool. I've had one. They're really good, too. I've, yeah. You know, I've, I think I had one when we were in, in the UK. It was good stuff. Yeah, they don't, sell them, they don't sell them our Kroger. They need to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah right absolutely um what was the you know determining factor going into that i mean in, in developing your own beer well that was i got to give it up for uh brit our drummer and uh, uh our buddy george tingley they they worked on this for a while and it was something that brit had an idea of doing and he told me about it and i was like absolutely so i mean he i guess his brainchild you know what i'm saying he kind of he's been wanting to do this for a while and you know i would have mentioned it but i was like probably like yeah i don't think it'll happen but he made this happen and i'm you know hats off to him for that you know him and george yeah now when will that be available when is that coming out um it's starting to flow out there now it's in some pubs already and uh i there'll be an announcement of it coming out soon and to be quite honest i don't know exactly the date but I, by the you know, it, hopefully within the month here or a couple awesome. of weeks, yeah. actually. Yeah, we're excited about it. And now you, you've got the Stone EP, which is a tribute to the Rolling Stones. Which yeah, is- yeah, I'm a copy right here. Awesome, <laughs> awesome stuff. What was you know? You guys do a lot of covers on your show. Well, I shouldn't say a lot. You you usually do one, maybe two per show, but they're always different. You know, right. uh, when I saw you last time. Uh, in in uh, the Piazza here outside of Chicago, you were doing you guys were doing like a Van Halen jam a little bit. 
Yeah, we t- we touch on things. We yeah. touch on things That's during awesome. the show. I love that. I love that. You know, and of course, you know, you you invite a lot of artists up with you to do covers. Like when I saw Rick Nielsen come on up and do I want you to want me. What led you to picking the Stones and doing the Stones tribute EP? Well, we just, we all love the Stones. You know, I mean, it's, you know, everybody's got their favorite record. You know, most everybody's Exile, which, of course, that's a no-brainer, you know, to me. Um, I I like the Some Girls records. I like the Sticky Fingers. I don't know, it's hard. But anyway, we, um, just something that was, the idea was floating around. And I, of course, was like, absolutely. Let's do this. And we get to record it all from beginning to end on one record with no stopping and all that stuff. That was, that sounded like a blast to me. <laughs> well, you guys just recorded like a set. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, awesome. We recorded and um, we would do a song and they said, wait, uh, maybe a minute or two and then start the next one you know, whatever, how long it takes to give space between sure. tracks. Yeah. And then, um, so we just went in and did that, you know, it was, it was cool. We did, we played when we, yeah, set, I guess you could say started to the end and that was that there was no fixing it. Whatever you hear mistake on there. If you find one, it's, it's, that's what we did and left it. Yeah. Can't you hear me knocking version? You know, that's a, it's such an iconic song. I mean, you know, growing up, you think of the Goodfellas, you know, when it's when it's in that that scene in Goodfellas and how that song just builds and builds and it kind of goes in different directions and it's an adventure. It's such a great tune. And, and, you know, was that intimidating to cover a song like that and put that actually on a a record? Uh, No, I mean, no, you just you just I do it for me. I'm doing it going, man, I hope, I hope I, I, I'm doing it, you know, justice kind of thing. So that's the pressure that, I, that for me, I have, you know, I was like, what if these dudes hear this? <laughs> but um, no, nah, I just, we know our parts and just excited to put it all together, yeah. you know? So it's, wasn't really too difficult, I guess, but that's me. I, I don't, you know. I don't know what everybody else would say, but yeah. you know, even when I talked with with Charlie last year when the album came out, you know, I mentioned to him there's a heavy Stones influence on the latest record, more yeah. so I think than any other record. I mean, you know, when you listen to that whole album, and of course the guitars are really front and center on the on the latest You Hear Me Georgia mm. record. You know, they're right. the guitars are always prevalent in your music, but for whatever reason, man, they're like right up in 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 the center of the universe on that album. And yeah. you got a really cool stones tone and vibe on that record there's obviously some different stuff going on but for the most part um did that play into it too as well i mean you were feeling that vibe that stonesy vibe with that record yeah some of the songs some of the songs we have like and we would have an idea of like okay you know uh you know catching me not that's the same kind of you know tone and tonality we want on this song so you know let's try to keep that in mind as we're recording our stuff, yeah. you know? Yeah. So it's, we sat in there like, once again, me, that was just, I didn't have pedals at all. I just ran straight in there and through like maybe a couple, three or four amps it escapes me what I used. 
because I was using Dave Cobb stuff because he has so many amps. You know, it was it was awesome. And uh, and to talk about the guitar, so prominent. Uh, Charlie stayed behind after we recorded and was in the control room with Dave, so that that helped. <laughs> Well, yeah, because it's just, you know, it reminds me of the Mick Taylor era of the Stones. Yeah. You know? I mean, that's the vibe that I got off of that record. And you guys do it so well. It's just, a, well, it's really thanks. great. Thanks. And with Dave, Dave was so, re- Dave Cobb, he was just so much fun to record with. He just, he knew exactly what he, you know, the vibe that we were at. And he just, he just went in there and just, helped right along with it and just started while we were recording he'd come up with these really cool little ideas and we'd throw them in there right away and we just had a blast man it was all of us were in one room it was cool the song that really has that vibe is all over the road oh yeah that's the one that's really got that heavy heavy stones vibe oh, that you guys do it's it sounds yeah. fantastic you know man it's it, that's a that is a straight up opening song i love that totally yeah, <laughs> I just you know people asked me before the record came out. I said I'm looking forward to playing that one live first at some shows. You know we don't do it every show first, but it's just you know it's just right on. That the whole album point. has a very live feel to it. Yeah, well, it, it was definitely recorded all yeah. together once. When you have a producer like David in the room with you guys. Um, and he's on board. He's 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 got your vision. He understands yeah. your vision. Yeah, he knows. How, how important is that? Um, it's it's very important. He's a big part of the the recording process because it's always for me. It's always fun to have a a, a different set of ears on what we are doing because I mean sometimes they may hear something that you've done but you weren't really pushing it a lot. And then we go, no, 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 push that forward. And once you push it forward, it, after you're hesitant of doing it, you, you can see it and hear it. You, if, it comes right away. So it's, it's very important to have somebody like that. I mean, it, it didn't change things musically a lot, but his, his vision of a song is, is, is fun. It's a joy to, to be a part of, you know, especially since we know what we're doing already. And then, like I said, he comes in and has his, you know, you were doing something about an hour ago on this one part, do that again. And I'm like, Oh yeah, that does sound cool. So, Well, that also helps with the comfort level too. When, yeah. And when you're comfortable, you make better music. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I asked him, I said, Hey man, is everything I'm doing fine? He goes, if I'm not saying anything to you or getting on your butt, you're doing perfect i was like okay <laughs> so you know, we just had a discussion you know I, I had i mentioned earlier eddie trunk was on and we were talking about you know a, for a lot of new artists who are putting out music it's so easy to put music out these days right it's, it's one of the good things and it's also one of the bad things right great i totally agree yeah there's there's a lot of things that should you know should should Wait a little while, you know, like, you know, when you're, when you're cooking that meat and you're preparing that meat, you're letting it sit, you know, letting the wine get into the meat. And a lot of times that's like with music, you got to let it sit for a while. You got to work that song out. And, you know, when you don't have someone in the room, like Dave, David, you know, yeah. um, 
pushing you and telling you what doesn't sound good and what sounds good. And when you're, you know, your girlfriend's in the, in the room with you telling how great everything is, it, it really does a band, especially a new band, a huge disservice because that's their first yeah. impression. You know, that's like what people are going to hear. Yeah. Yeah. And I wish, I wish not everybody was so quick to want to be the rock star or being a rock band. Yeah. You know, my son plays and he's, he's got his first paying gig next month. He's playing a graduation party. Oh, nice. Yeah. Right. So, so, and I told him and his friends, I go, just play. Don't worry about recording it. Just yeah. jam. Just jam. Yeah, just do it. Just because, because you'll, because you'll learn each other. You, you kind of feed yeah. off of each other and it makes you a better band. Don't worry about putting something on Spotify because number one, you're not ready. Right. Right. You, you got to play. Was it Daily Roth who said you got to play so many thousands of hours before you're ready to get into a studio yeah. or something like yeah. that? Yeah. And it doesn't hurt to jam, just jam and feel like you said, feel it out, feel each other out. And that's, that's the joy. If you can have, I was telling my son this and um, it it was, if you can find the right group of guys or gals, whichever, um, and they want the same thing you do, you're home free. Yeah, they really are. You're home free. That's the hardest part about being a musician is finding the right people. It's like finding the love of your life. You know, some people go years without finding the love of their life, but when they do, boom, you know? Well, you got to think too, you know, you guys travel a lot. You guys tour a lot, right? Oh yeah. You're, you're around each other every day or at least I know least, <laughs> 70% of the year, you know, yep, I, mean, I, I mean, really, you, you know, you guys are constantly on the road and you got to be around people that you like. Yeah. You know, I mean, of course, everybody needs their alone time. Everybody needs to kind of go decompress somewhere by themselves and kind of yeah. just, you know, rekindle their, 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 you know, their drive. But yeah, that's important. I mean, you, you're. Yeah. For going on 21 years, nobody wants to tour, tour with a turd on the bus. You know what I mean? I mean, of course, some people have bad days. We, you know, we all have our menopause. I mean, it's just, it is what it is, but we all know how to deal with it and step aside and just stay away from a human. If they're not, you know, feeling the day, you know, which is rare. I mean, we're, we're grown men now. I mean, we don't, we, <laughs> we don't, we don't, we're not babies and act like a bunch of fools anymore. So. Well, it's also probably a process of learning when you, when you know you need, some space, right? Yeah. And then you go do that. Or learning each other and knowing, all right, he's starting to get on my nerves. I'm going to go do something else. Yeah. And usually it, it takes a while to learn that. Yeah. I'll dip out. If, if somebody, if I know somebody's not feeling well or not in, in the mood to, you know, mm-hmm. it's about reading people like, man, we've been together so long. I can, I can tell you when somebody's hungry, you know what I mean? You know, I'm, or who hasn't had their coffee. And I mean, it's, I just know. And I usually just, and if I'm not feeling up to par in up in this part, I just, just dip out and take a walk and take a breather and come back and get my day started. You know, I'm the only guy on the bus that doesn't drink coffee. (laughs) So I I just stay out of that coffee machines way in the morning. I just like, I walk right past it. I can't imagine that functioning without it. Yeah, I just don't drink it. I never have. It's like, you know, I haven't thought about it. Well, you know, obviously we're we're not out of the pandemic, but things are getting back to normal. Places around the country are 
doing more than others, but for the most part, it's, we're, we're working to get behind it, hopefully. Yeah. Um, but, you know, being that you guys tour so much these last couple of years, you know, what was the difficulty? What was the challenge for you guys to, to kind of take a step back and because you had to, and also, you know, because, you, you know, like I said, you didn't have a choice. The challenge for, for you mean for getting back out and doing it, playing well, again? Getting back out and then also kind of scaling back everything. Oh, dude, I got to tell you, we'll, we'll start with the scaling back part first. For me, when I got home, I was at the first, I think it was the first month, you know, everybody had to stay home. And, and I was like, well, I was outside drinking a beer. And it's like, I can get used to this. This is fine. This is, you know, listen to the birds. I think it was, we got home in March or something like that in February. And it was just starting to warm up and not too hot. I was like, this is great. And then the second month came along and I was like, okay, I, all right, well, I wonder when they're going to let us go back out. Third month came along. We weren't doing anything. And I started to freak out. <laughs> I mean, I started to freak out. I was down here going, I mean, because literally I have been home that long in 25 years easy because I've been playing before I was in this band also. So I haven't been home that long, you know, never a week, never in 25 years. So being home for three months was like, Oh, I didn't know what to do, (laughs) but um, it started to scare me seriously for our industry. I was like, well, the bars aren't going to open back up. The clubs aren't, the venues aren't, how are we going to pull this off? You know? And, um, and let's go to the, the second one starting back up again what was hard for me was not being able to um communicate with the people because i like to shake hands i like to say hello to people that come to our shows because i'm you know i'm on the other side of the fence i'm probably more excited to see them than they are me you know what i mean yeah a lot it's it blows my mind still the people see us play. It just blows my mind. And I'm so, I, I'm, I appreciate it so much, but that was the hardest thing, you know, not being able to say hey to people. Cause usually after a gig, I go to a bar and people are that see us at the show or in the bar. So I'm saying, Hey, to everybody, you know, that kind of vibe thing. Mm-hmm. But other than that, and, and, and seeing an audience spread six feet apart at times, it was weird. Yeah. What I've noticed about, this year's shows that I've been to versus last year. Cause I went to a lot of shows last year, like after yeah. June, I think I was going all the time this year. It seems like people are just ready to rock. I mean, like yes. the, the shows are much more lively. I, I agree. I, I totally agree. It's, it's just, ah, man, getting your feet wet again. It's just getting back well, out. You have an appreciation of like what you're doing because yeah. it was taken away. I mean, I, you know, someone like myself who goes to shows all the time and sitting there like, all right, you know, what am I going to do? Right. Right. Yeah. And I'm, I'm fascinated. Actually, when I even get to go see shows, I'm, I'm totally excited because I never get to see shows because I'm always gone, mm-hmm. you know, because I have a tons of, live dvds because i don't get to go see the show so i buy the dvds and sit home and drink beer and watch because <laughs> i can't you know i'm always by the time that i'm off the road that tour is done and they're not playing anywhere near me you know so yeah i just no, I, I, figured i'd add that but yeah, yeah it was last year was different because i think people were still 
nervous and the crowds weren't the best and the crowds were kind of timid. They didn't really not kind of know, you know, because we're social beings. When you stop being social, you kind of forget how to be social. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, I saw, God, I saw, um, Dirty Honey and Mammoth. That was, that show was incredible. And then I saw, I saw Dorothy with Joyce Wolf. They were absolutely fantastic. I saw, you know, Blacktop Mojo and some other shows too as well. And then every crowd was just like amazing. Yeah. Spencer, my oldest, he went to, um, to go see Dirty Honey and Mammoth at the Tabernacle here in Atlanta, but Mm -hmm. Mammoth couldn't do it because I think they had somebody sick. Yeah. Yeah. Dirty Honey uh, played, and, and he was he loves that band too. They're great. Love that band. Yeah, yeah but he you. said he said, "Dad, the place went, went nuts." <laughs> I said, "I bet, I yeah. bet." And and also too, you know, the crowds are 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 getting a lot more younger, which I which is nice to see. You know, like yeah, a lot more younger people come to the shows, and and um, it's just. Man, when you lose something like that and you're passionate about music, you play in a band like yourself, you know, coming back to that stuff, it's it's kind of a funky feeling. But, you know, once you start seeing the people next to you, like going crazy for it and cheering on and singing along, you know, it's easy to slide right back in. And it's a great feeling to kind of be at a show. Yeah, it's it's definitely fun playing them again. That is for sure. You know, sitting home, I'd. Uh, I'm glad to be back out. I'm appreciative of it. So, hey, you know, and, and like I said, I mean, you guys crisscross the country, you know, several times a year, a few times a year. Yeah. And, um, you know, that had to be just, and plus with the new album coming out, I think a lot, a lot of fans don't understand that if you do do a tour and you have however many dates you have, you have a crew that you still have to pay, mm-hmm. whether you're playing or not. So if yeah. there's a postponement, or the crowds aren't as strong as they are because maybe in some states, I know in, in Chicago, they were they were asking for proof of vaccine or proof of uh, negative test. Yeah. That's going to yeah. affect who comes out. It's going to affect the crowd. So it was just like last year was just kind of like, eh, you know, like, yeah, you know, and, and this year it just seems like, man, like the old days again. It's great. Yeah. I just with, with me, it was just for me out with all this vaccine business for me it was my mother said it best she goes you know if they would have just called it a shot everybody would have got it <laughs> and i was like you're right because man i've been i grew up in the 70s i've been stuck with all kinds of crap i couldn't even go to, you know i didn't care like whatever no like um you know i got you know, i got my vaccine but it was like yeah i i did it because i wanted to go to shows yeah you know? yeah totally yeah, I'm like, oh, totally. you know, I mean, but you know, to each is that when I get it. It's totally yeah, I get cool. it too. I get it. But, um, but for but I couldn't do it. I was like, screw it. even if I, I'll, I'll be like you, if I wasn't playing music, I'm like, I'm not sitting at home. Yeah. I'm going to a concert. I'm going. I'm flying here, flying there. I just I couldn't do it. So, what's next for you guys this year? I mean, you've got you know the stone came out was it last month or the month before? And now you've got the beard coming out. Right. What's up with touring? What's up with new music? Well, we're touring. We're getting back. Uh, we took the month of May off, but we're about to be back. I probably won't 
be home for you know a good amount of time until mid December. So mm-hmm. the dates are piling up. You know what I'm saying? They're they're yeah. getting out there. They're just they just have to get in the process of sticking them out there out there for people to to see and go. Okay, we want to go see this band. I want to go see Blackberry Smoke here. You know, but we're about to hit the road again. And as far as new music, um, we're always working on it. You know, always. You know, just we we're one of those bands that can record a record pretty quickly. We just know what we're doing when we get in there. And if we have come home and have two weeks off, we'll go in for a week and record a record. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, we, we know what we're supposed to be doing that kind of thing as soon as we get in there. So, but we're still working on music for it. Now, as far as touring, is it all North America or is it are you going over to Europe, UK? Well, we're still trying to figure that out, getting back over there. Um, we're definitely going to. We just got now we have to figure out when it's going to happen because of all the dates we have in the States. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we were really looking forward to going over there this past February, but it just, you know, politics yeah, happens. Yeah, yeah, it's tough. I mean, and that's a huge nut too, as well, because you're going overseas and if stuff gets canceled. Yeah. You know, and it's, I was sad for everybody else because, you know, we've made a lot of good friends over there and I love the people over there. And it's just, it was just bummer, you know, all around, but I'm looking forward to going back. So hopefully, hopefully early I don't see anything happening this year, but hopefully early next year, like early, like January, February is what I'm hoping. I'm hoping that. Yeah. I think um, I'll be out in Kansas city for that festival. You guys are doing was it end of September, early October. I think it is. With, trying to think uh, I think whiskey Myers is doing that with you guys. I know goodbye. Oh, yeah, yeah. On that. Yeah. 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 Is that a, yeah. that's a whiskey Myers festival, right? I think it is. Yeah. Nice. That's going to be fun. Yeah, it'll be a good time. That's going to be a lot of fun. Get to see all my friends. That's cool. Well, there's some really good young bands. I mean, obviously, you know, Good Goodbye June is one of my favorites, but Them Dirty Roses is awesome. Nice. Thunderbolts is awesome. Um, Those guys are great. Yeah, yeah. Them Dirty Roses kind of has like that Southern rock Van Halen vibe to them. Oh, you just you just sold me on that, man. I saw them live, and I'm like, how much alcohol are they going to drink up there? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, this is great. So, no, they're awesome. Uh, but you guys always take young bands out, too. I mean, whether it's Tyler Bryant, Ida May, you know, the record right. company. Um, you guys always look for those acts to bring out. Um, yeah, because to, to me, it's those bands that sh- should be heard. You know, right. I, it's just like, come on. I mean, I remember being in, in bands where they were just like, no, no, not y'all. Y'all don't. You know, you don't, you know, draw a crowd. And I'm like, oh, we would if you put us out there, you know, you know, I mean, that, that music should be heard. I mean, because it's good to me. Right. Right. It's great. And good people, man. They're just good people. All the bands we've taken out, we've loved them. Just straight up cool folks to work with, you know, that's all. That's important too. And, And the young bands you guys take out, I've had the pleasure of meeting some of them. Tyler Bryant, true gentleman, great guy. Um, yeah, dude, yeah. Uh, Ida May, you know, Chris is is great. He's fantastic. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I love that you guys do that because I wish a lot of other acts would do that. Sometimes they want to pony up with, you know, another act that's similar to them. And, 
you know, I understand, you know, the times we live in, but it's, it's nice to see when a young actor or a band like yourself that's established brings that younger act out. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, it's fun to have different styles of music out there too. You know, I mean, not, not stretch too far apart, but a different, like you just said, different, a different vibe. It, it just makes things more in, interesting to me, you know, it, having bands out that you don't have to have them sound like you, you know what I mean? Totally. They got their own taste. You guys should do like this. Cause there's so many great bands in Georgia. Like mm-hmm. we just got so many great bands do like a Georgia like tour of like right. different bands from Georgia. That, you know, that, that has floated around. I've said that several times that's been floating around. So who knows, maybe one day we'll get around to it. I mean, it'd be fun to have you know, us, the satellites driving and crying, the crows Love driving and crying. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, the great cats, the collective soul. I mean, that kind of all that, you know, there's all kinds of bands from Georgia. That Maybe, can, I mean, stuff like, you know, Butch Walker. He's from Butch Walker. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Tuck Smith. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And, you know, Georgia Thunderbolts. Who's another? Yeah. Um, I just had a, I forget what band it was, a new band that was from the Atlanta area. Oh, I can't think of the name. But but there's so many. I mean, the scene in Georgia is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's almost, like, it's almost like, like, it's almost like Nashville's little brother. Yeah. You know? I never thought about that, but yeah, that's a good, uh, good analogy right there. Yeah. yeah, because there's so many great new up-and-coming acts that are just absolutely phenomenal. And, and yeah, again, it's fun, man. It's fun to see them all come up. It's just, it's you know, it's just fun to hear the new music and new tunes. And when something drops, I'm like, I'm getting it because it's new music to buy. I'm a music lover, so I, yeah. I just, you know, I don't sit at home listen to Blackberry Smoke all day. I like listening to new stuff. <laughs> Well, that's important too, because that's, you know, if you're listening to new stuff and you're inspired, you're inspired, you, you, you're hearing something that you may, may want to try yourself or some, you know, some form of it. It's, it's important that artists do that because you need to evolve, right? I mean, you you need to keep being inspired and, and, and some bands, you know, once they reach a certain level, they kind of like, all right, we're, we're comfortable. And yeah. Um, I, that's why I, I, it's another reason why I like you guys so much is, you know, you hear Georgia, you know, compared to the album before that, you know, completely, I mean, it's Blackberry smoke sound, but it's different, you know, yeah. it's not the same. And, um, I admire about that, you know, with you. Yeah, I've always said, I've always said that about, you know, if, if you're, if you're in a band and you're playing and the same people are coming to see you and you're going and you're, and you know, you're thinking to yourself, why are people come to see us? I'm like, it, it isn't. It isn't how many people you have on stage. It's the music that's got to change for people to change and want to come hear you. You know, what I mean, it's it's that's going to make the difference. The music, not you know, not how many things you stick in a song or how many notes you play. You just, well, that's the other thing too. Like when you hear you guys on stage and you don't use tracks mm-hmm. and it's all live, you know, yeah, all everyone on stage has their own part to do to make right. it sound so good, right? Yeah, right, right. You know, I mean, there's some bands that, you know, have four guys and then they're up there and they're using tracks and, um, you know, it just doesn't, it doesn't have that same feel or vibe to it. You know what I mean? Totally agree. Yeah. Totally agree. Yeah. Well, man, this has been a, a great conversation, man. I've really, I've really enjoyed it. Oh, thanks, man. I'm, I can sit here for four or five hours talking music, dude. I swear <laughs> That's what my I twelve. Do. I, my I twelve. Would it, I would do it if the editing wasn't such a bitch. That's the I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> my 
my 12 year old just texted me. He goes, dad, are you coming to get me? <laughs> but no, I, I appreciate you doing this. You know, thank you. Very uh, much. Anytime, man. Anytime. Awesome. awesome. Everyone. That's Paul Jackson from Blackberry Smoke. I'm Jay Scott. Thanks again for listening. Check us out on all uh, podcast platforms. Take care of each other. Stay safe. We'll talk soon. Right on. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.